Welcome to the City Church Sermon Podcast. City Church is a new church located in the city of Frisco, Texas, just north of Dallas. Our hope and prayer is that the following message can serve as an encouragement and as a blessing and inspiration in your walk with Christ. If you have any questions about City Church and want more information about us or you want to visit during one of our Sunday celebrations, please visit us online at citychurchfrisco.org or email us at hello at citychurchfrisco.org. If you would like to contribute financially to this ministry, you can do so at citychurchfrisco.org slash give. Thank you for listening. We are enduring. And in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1, we just read these three verses, and it says that therefore, therefore, so when you see therefore, you, you have to understand that there's been an argument that's been made prior to this thing, that, this sentence you're about to read, right? So this argument that the writer to the Hebrews is making begins in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 19, I believe. And, and if for homework, if you want to read Hebrews 10, uh, verse 19, all the way through Hebrews chapter 12, you begin to see that the theme of the whole, uh, uh, those three chapters are perseverance and endurance. And that's why he goes through it and says that we must persevere. We must endure. And he goes on to list some examples. And he says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning his shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Church, if we are to realize the potential that God has put in this place, that when City Church gathers, that when this group of believers who we call ourselves City Church, that when we gather, you have to understand that there is a potential, there is a, 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 an expectancy that God has put and delivered into our hearts. There is something, there is a mission that you and I have in our hearts. But if we are to realize that mission, if we are to realize that potential that is within us, we must endure. Our endurance leads to fulfillment. Praise the Lord, somebody. Our endurance leads to fulfillment. Let me, let me explain it this way. Uh, as I was younger, one of my favorite things to do was to go to theme parks. I like going to Six Flags. Um, my parents would take us to Six Flags. We're blessed to have a Six Flags in this area, correct? And one of my favorite things was the roller coasters. Whichever one it was, except for the Texas Giant, it got really rough and it got, gave you headaches and it was pretty bad at many points. But you had to endure some things to be fulfilled in your desire to ride the ride. You had to endure lines. You had to endure the heat. Texas summers are no joke, amen? 
We began feeling it yesterday. I don't know about you, but I was mowing the lawn yesterday. I was outside, and I was not out there but more than two or three minutes, and I was already sweating. And when we want to experience something such as a ride at a theme park, we have to endure. We have to endure. And it's amazing how, as I've grown uh, a little bit older, that my desire to be fulfilled by a roller coaster is not the same as it used to be. I no longer want to endure lines. I no longer want to endure the heat. And I, I thank God for my dad who would, who would take us and he would endure lots of things just to see that we had a smile on our face. And in order for you to be fulfilled in riding the Mr. Freeze that only lasts less than a minute, it lasts 49 seconds, you stand in a line for about an hour, an hour and 10, 15 minutes. And you walk in and it says the waiting time from this point on is, is 65 minutes and you still stand in line because there's something you're desiring. There's something you want to experience. And if you and I are to, uh, to be fulfilled in God's plan for your life and the plan for, for this church, we have to endure certain things. See, but we live in a, in a society, we li live in a time where we don't want to wait. We don't want to wait. I experience this all the time at work. Uh, I, I, I scan MRIs and, and sometimes I'll bring somebody back and, and as I'm getting ready, one of the first questions they ask is, how long is this going to take? And see, I know the experience, from the experience that I have, I know that some are really long and some, to my understanding, are really short. And, and the shortest ones we do are about 15 minutes and I tell them, oh, this is going to take 15 minutes. <gasps> oh my goodness, that is forever long. And I'm like, well, what are you comparing it to? I don't understand. It's only 15 minutes. 15 minutes. We don't want to endure Anything. I know I've spoken to you guys about Amazon and how great Amazon is, right? When Amazon first came out, it was amazing. You could get anything you wanted without leaving your, 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 you could shop in your underwear. You could be at home and you can shop. You could order whatever you wanted and it will be at your house in about seven to ten days. Then what did they come up with? Amazon Prime. Because seven or ten days was too long for you to wait. So now you can pay an extra hundred dollars a year and now you can have everything delivered within two days. How amazing and how wonderful. God is good. And then that became too long. Because now we have Amazon now. That if you're lucky enough to live close to a distribution center, within one hour you can have your delivery. And it's like we want more. We can't endure anything. If we text somebody, we want an immediate response, praise the Lord. I heard a preacher say, you know, I, you, I, you just don't understand how many relationships have been killed by those bubbles on the iPhone. <laughs> you Android users, evil Android users. Don't understand that, right? But the bubbles, because you're eagerly awaiting 
the response, and then they don't respond. Or it's, the bubbles are going on forever, and then it's a one-word response. It's like, what? What? We want an immediate response. We, we live in a generation which is accustomed to not waiting on anything, that we're accustomed to not enduring, to not persevering. You get a, a trophy for being born. You get a ribbon for participation. We do not know how to endure. And more than ever in our lives, we give up in the middle. We give up in the middle. We give up on marriages way too soon. We give up on relationships way too soon. Friendships. We give up on our goals. We give up on our dreams. We give up on our spiritual walk with Christ because we don't know how to endure. Then we get mad at God because things didn't go to plan. We get angry at the church. We get angry at everyone. But the truth is that there's no one that you need to be mad at. It was simply because you could not endure and you got off in the middle of the ride. There are things that you and I need to learn to endure. Yes, there are things that you need to leave if it's, if it's something that's harming you, something that's not good in your life. But there are many things in our lives that we give up on that God was not ready for you to give up on because he had somewhere, he had something, he had something he wanted to show you because our endurance prepares us for the next challenge. And we go from challenge to challenge, struggling, being at war within ourselves, being at war at home, not finding peace because we simply have not learned to endure and take those lessons into our lives. I heard a, recently a story of, of a man named Cliff Young in 1983, this Australian man, he ran a race that's called an ultra marathon. He was 61 years old when he ran this race. He was a, a, a potato farmer. That's what he did. That was his living. That is exactly what he did. And, and an ultra marathon, he is 544 miles long. And, and they would run from Sydney in Australia all the way to Melbourne. And Mr. Cliff Young, he ran this race in gumboots. We have a, a picture of him running. There he is. Yeah, I guess he was sponsored by Cabela's, right? Not Nike, no. He was sponsored by Bass Pro Shop. And he ran 544 miles in gumboots. And when he first arrived to the race, dressed like this and, and wearing those boots and 61 years old, uh, most of the people looking at him, they, they would kind of sneaker at, sneaker at him and kind of uh, giggle at him saying, oh, he's not going to make it. This is, this is just a show. This is a circus. He's going to give up. He's not going to get there. And see, what happened is that when the race started, when the gun went off and they started running, Mr. Cliff Young, he just ran. He fell behind. 
he fell behind. See, but what Mr. Cliff Young knew in his heart that he was going to do, and uh, some people, the legend says that he was unaware, but I'm not sure what it was or what, if it's true or not, but it's that the most runners outside of Mr. Young would run about 18 hours, stop, sleep for about six hours, and then start running. But Mr. Young, when his 18 hours was up, he would keep running. He would keep running. Mr. Young ran all day and all night without stopping. He finished in first place, and the person closest to him was nine hours behind him. And when he was asked, how did you do it? Someone they interviewed, how did you pull this off? His simple answer was, I did not stop. See, church, if you and I are to realize the potential that God's put in our hearts, God's put in our lives, God's put in our families, God's put in our church, we cannot stop running. The devil may attack us. We got to keep running. There may be opposition. We got to keep running. There may be bumps in the road. We cannot stop. There may be roadblocks. There may be barriers. We don't stop. There may be pain involved. We don't stop. Because life is full of challenges. Life is full of difficulties. And in every difficult situation that you and I go through, we build up. Endurance. God is using it to build us, build endurance in our lives. The writer to the Hebrews tells us that we need to endure simply. He reminds us of, of those who came before. In Hebrews chapter 11, this is known as the, as the hall of faith where they, they talk about Abraham. They talk about Moses, Adam, Abel. And they talk about, he speaks about the, the things that they had to endure, the things they had to go through. And he says, but by faith, they reached whatever calling God had put in their lives. And in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 39, he simply says, you have to understand that we are not those who shrink back and are destroyed, but of those who believe and are saved. Church, our family legacy is not a legacy of giving up. You and I, the moment we gave our lives to Christ, the moment we became a part of the family of Christ, you and I inherited a legacy of people that, that may struggle at times, that may be pushed at times, that may have difficulties in life at times, but you inherit a legacy of people that keep on running the race no matter how difficult it may be. Even though like Christ suffered, he pressed on. And the argument finishes in chapter 12 with a therefore. Therefore, since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. And then he goes on to give us a list of, of several things that you and I need to do in our lives if we are to endure. So the first thing he says is that we have to throw off hindrances and sin. Verse 1, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. 
The writer says we need to do this. Sometimes we ask God, God, remove this from my life. God, take this away from me. But understand what it says. It says that we, let us, it doesn't say let God. It says let us throw everything off that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. It doesn't say God. It says let us. We, we have to do this. We have the responsibility that if there's a relationship at work that you need to end, you need to cut it off. And if that means you need to change jobs, that means you need to change jobs. Whatever it looks like, let us throw off everything. If it's, a, if it's an addiction, if it's a vice, if it's stopping the, to drink, if it's stopping to smoke, if it's whatever it may be, then you have to do this. You have to begin to control your environments. You need to begin to allow people to help you out in, your, in this quest that you have. Let us throw it off. If we're people pleasers, we need to start worrying more about pleasing God than pleasing people. Let us. We're surrounding ourselves with the wrong influences. Then you need to start surrounding yourself with like-minded people. People that love God. People that serve God. People that struggle like you do. But they, uh, you've seen them have victory in their lives. And you say, I want to be like that person. I want to have the marriage that they have. I want to be a, a mom like they are. I need to know how they do it. So what? guess what? You should hang around with those people. You should invite them to a coffee every once in a while. Ask them questions. Let us throw everything off of us that hinders. If you're having a difficult time hearing God in your life, his promptings and understanding his will for his life, well, maybe it's time we start praying a little bit more. Maybe it's, start we, maybe it's time we start reading his word a little bit more so that we can begin to be sensitive to the promptings that God puts in our lives. If you tend to make wrong decisions and this is hindering your growth, this is hindering your family, this is hindering many things in your life, then it's time to surround yourself with wise counsel and not be afraid to ask. Brother, sister, how did you do this? I see that, that God is blessing you in your finances. What, what are you doing? How do you, how do you budget? Or what is your secret? Guys, people love, love it when you ask a question that makes them feel like you can, they can teach you something. People aren't going to hold back. They'll help you. But you got to pick the right people. Amen? You're not going to ask. Never mind. Sin, sin entangles us. If we want to endure and if we want to keep running and if we want to keep accomplishing the things that God has for our lives, we can't be entangled by, by sin. Sin holds us back. It hinders us. We need to throw that off of us. God forgives us, but it's up to you and it's up to me to get rid of those things in our lives. It's our decision. Surely, yes, the Holy Spirit convicts you. 
But the Holy Spirit is not going to make you do something that you don't decide to do. Man, you, you may be coming to church for three, four, five years, and you may feel God's presence, but if you never lift your hands at church, the Holy Spirit's not going to make you lift your hands. You have to make that decision that I want to show reverence to God. I want to show worship by raising my hands. That's your decision. We're not puppets. God gave us free will. God gave us the opportunity for us to decide what's, what is best in our lives. Sin entangles. And the reality is, guys, that my refusal to lay aside my sin is my refusal to die to self. Why am I struggling so much? Well, you're not ready to get rid of, to carry your cross and to die to yourself. Jesus said that in order to gain everything, you must die to yourself. So, we have to understand that when you and I accept Christ, we're no longer living for ourselves. Now we are living for Christ. We, we carry our cross every day. And for all of us, our cross may look different. For all of us, our struggles may be different, but we carry them and we bring them to Jesus. He can forgive us. But you have to decide whether or not you'll throw those sins off those hindrances in your life. The second thing that the writer to the Hebrews says is that you have to run with perseverance. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Now, when I think of running, when I think of running, I think of intentionality. I think of purpose. Okay? None of us have ever been driving down the road and then we see somebody just all out sprinting and running that we don't just say, oh, that's normal. No, we're like, what's going on? Is someone chasing them? Are they running from something? Are they in a hurry? Are they on a race? I don't know. And if, what's going on? We, we, we start questioning, right? And in my mind, there's only two reasons to run. To get away from someone or something that's trying to hurt you or to cross the finish line. There's a purpose behind running. There's a goal. Our default mode is walking. Praise the Lord, everybody. Or do you get up in the morning and you run to go brush your teeth? Some of us may run to the restroom, right? You run to go make breakfast. You're not running around in your house. We walk. And if our kids are running, we tell them what? Stop running. You're going to fall. You're going to hurt yourself. And if we're good parents, when they fall, you say, I told you. <laughs> so there is a purpose behind running. And the writer says, let us run with perseverance. When you run, the stakes are higher. When you run, there is pain involved. The two or three times I've ran, it hurts. It hurts. At that time, yeah, I feel good. Oh, yeah. Then what happens the next day? Everything hurts. When you're not in shape, 
it hurts. In general, normal people don't want to run. And because we want to walk, and it's there is a purpose behind running. Because when you run, you're trying to get somewhere. And the, the writer says, run with perseverance. The only way that, that I've, I've had a, a, my good friend, Brother Julian, now he is always, for some reason, telling me, yeah, get the Couch to 5K app. I don't know what he's trying to tell me, but because there has to be something and a training in your life if you're going to run. You can't just get up one day and say, I'm going to run a 5K when you haven't ran in two or three years. And then you get up and it's 100 degrees outside. I mean, you, you have to prepare yourself. So when the writer says, let us run with perseverance, it means that you and I need to prepare ourselves for this race we call life. There are things that you and I need to do. And we have to understand that when a difficulty comes, a challenge comes, it's not time for you and I to give up. Because the challenge, when we cross that challenge, when we get past that valley in our lives, we understand that now because of what we've gone through, now I find myself here when I used to be over there. But when I was over there, I'm not the person I am over here. I'm different now. I've changed now. There is an endurance built up within me. There is something that is built up within me. And the next time the next challenge comes, it's going to be a little bit easier. Or the next time the challenge comes that's harder, we draw upon the lessons that we learn in this stage in our lives. It says, run with perseverance. And then the last thing he tells us, the writer says, fix your eyes on Jesus. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning his shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. See, what the, what the writer is saying is that our inspiration, our role model, our example to follow, our hero should be Jesus. Jesus left us an example of endurance that the joy set before him. He endured the cross. He, he scorned its shame that he knew that there was going to be some pain involved when he went to the cross. He knew there was going to be some difficulties. He knew that there was going to be some shame. But he didn't care because he knew that on the other side of the cross there was going to be a joy so great. Can you imagine the things that make God joyful? I mean, think about this. God has everything in his hands. God knows all things. But what can make God, what can make Jesus be joyful? To go through some sh shame? Through some pain? For what? For the joy that he found on the other side? The joy that you, that I, could be called a child. That's what he set his eyes upon. 
You see, many times you and I, we are going through the battle and, and we see that the road is going to be hard. I don't know. I want my marriage to look like that over there, but my marriage looks like this right here. And I'm not sure. It's going to be hard to get over there. There's going to be battles. There's going to be difficult conversations that are going to be uh, had. There are many life changes we're going to have to make if we want this to work. And I'm not sure if I'm willing to endure this. But see, many a times we, we end up concentrating on the middle. We end up just focusing on the middle. When the writer says, fix your eyes on Jesus because he looked at the end. He said, I know what's on the other side. There is a great joy. There is a great marriage. There is a great child. There is a great daughter. There is a great church. There is a person impacting the world for my truth. There is a joy. Set before us, church. But we have to endure. We, we have to be able to, to have vision in our lives and know that the path set in front of us may be difficult at times, but on the other side, just like the psalmist says, joy comes in the morning. Yes, at night there may be mourning, there may be tears, there may be difficult times, but the joy will come in the morning when you see the darkness be lifted from your life. The hardship, the pain, the suffering, the shame, the indignity that Jesus suffered was all part of the endurance that he had to show in the race he was running. Because there was a joy that was much greater than the suffering. That joy was you, that joy was me. City Church, we are enduring. We are enduring. God has deposited dreams, big dreams in our church. God has deposited big aspirations, great aspirations for this church. But we need there to be a church that can believe alongside not just the pastors, but the people leading the church, that they can see the dreams, that they can have that vision. Someone, yes, is going to have to pay that price. Someone is going to have to endure We've already experienced one year of, of amazing things God has been doing in our lives. And, and I love hearing when you come to me and you tell me some of the things that God is doing in your life. All I can do is thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Praise God for this because it's not me. It's him that's doing this in your life. It's him doing this in my life. We've endured one year. But let me tell you, church, there's a second year coming with new challenges. But through these challenges, God wants to do amazing things. Not only through me, but through each one of you. Through each one of you. We have endured the first year. And God is asking us to continue enduring in our race. Because great dreams will require great endurance. Great dreams will require great endurance. I'm going to ask you to stand.
I don't know where you find yourself today. But I believe God has spoken into our hearts and there are things in our lives that God is telling us, you know what, son? You know what, daughter? If you want to get to that next level, you need to throw this off. You need to remove this hindrance in your life. Maybe it's skepticism. Maybe it's doubt. Maybe it's a lack of faith. Whatever it may be, God is saying it's time for you to throw off these hindrances. It's time for you to begin running. It's time for you to look at me.